Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hey, what's up? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sean's going to produce today, making sure all the Buttons are pushed right. Uh, I've got some guests for you tomorrow, National Signing Day. Although, barring any shock or surprise, uh, Florida will not really add much to its list. But we'll find out more from Blake Alderman, who covers football recruiting for 24-7 sports. Also today, we will have Trent Whittemore here. Trent will uh, talk about his transfer to UCF, see how he's doing. And then uh, Willie Powers, longtime girls basketball coach at P.K. Young, uh, they're getting set for district tournament action. Tomorrow, first time ever had a chance to interview a lacrosse athlete on our show. Sarah Resnick will join us. Lacrosse will start their season in in, uh, a not-too-distant future. And uh, Herm Edwards tomorrow. From ESPN, we'll talk a little National Football League. Those are some of the guests we have lined up for you. Uh, Today, since we are talking National Signing Day, there are still a few uh, top 100 recruits out there. But unless there is a major surprise, there's not going to be anybody that's looking at Florida. Of course, the name Rashada is still out there trying to figure out where he will go. We'll have to just kind of see where that goes. Uh, All right. We will take your phone calls, but before that, a couple of topics to discuss. Tomorrow, Billy Napier will speak uh, late in the afternoon, about 4.15, right at the start of the tailgate show, uh, to talk about this recruiting class. And it's the first time we've heard from him in quite a while. Um, But, look, normally coaches here do that. You know, after a signing day in football, there is normally a presser. And you'll hear Billy tomorrow. So... Just a program note for you. And according to ESPN, there are just, um, I think it's three uh, big-time recruits that still haven't signed, and we should know something tomorrow. And, of course, one of those is Jaden Rashada. Deuce Robinson is another. Um, Roderick Pleasant is another. He's going to sign tomorrow, considering Oregon, UCLA, USC, Boston College, and uh, California. But here's my question today. Now that the dust has settled on season one for Billy Napier, I don't want you to grade the season I want you to give him a grade for what he's done to date. 
In other words, game planning, wins and losses, recruiting, is the program on the right track, all that. Okay? Because as you look at next year's schedule, I'm going to ask you this too. If you haven't looked at the schedule, look at it. Okay? And you tell me in your thought process how many, as much as it can be, guaranteed wins you see on that schedule. I want to know that today too. You can pull up the schedule. And I think based upon the answers, you will see where year two is. Look, this much is certain. The roster has gotten an absolute overhaul. If there were malcontents here, if there were people who didn't, you know, but, but I will also say this. Coach Napier, during the course of the season, did talk about the culture and how it was better. Well, you can't be a malcontent and have the culture be better in the same sentence, can you? But at least now, most of these people, or a lot of these people, will be his and the staff that recruited it. So, with that, we'll take your phone calls. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. And then, even though the game is tomorrow, how much chance do you give Florida against Tennessee tomorrow? If everybody thinks they're going to win, Sean says zero? Wow, Sean. Zero, dude. Zero. Man. Wow. Anybody else thinking along Sean's mindset there? Zero? Wow. Uh, But we'll figure it out. Uh, Let me get to some. They can't shoot the rock, Steve. You know, they do have trouble doing that. There's no question with that. Uh, Let's get to some emails here. Bill says, haven't been able to hear much of the show lately, but what I've heard has a lot to do with NIL. I was against it before it really got started. Now I hate it even more. I don't like or watch any pro football, and now college is a lot like the pro situation. I have some questions. If a player gets an NIL contract that bombs out, is the contract nullified? No. No. I mean, look, I don't know what's in a contract. But, you know, here's why I think the answer is no. Define what bombs out means. Right? So, no, I don't think so. He said, I don't see how this could be done. They can't start all over again. Well, we, we've had a lot of people here give their two cents about NIL and understand. But it ain't going away. And the question now becomes you know, what will happen from here. I think that's where we all are. Uh, William says, fun little debate from your comments yesterday. I don't believe Trinity Thomas is even the best gymnast in Florida history, which says a lot. That goes to Bridget Sloan might be the most decorated athlete in Florida history. She's just as decorated in the individual realm as Thomas, especially if you compare the four years versus four best for Thomas. And Sloan is a three-time national champion, also competing in the Olympics, neither of which Thomas has done. Great debate. Both are great, but that's my two cents. Uh, look, William, I, I think it would be uh, 
very difficult to uh, argue with that. And I think we're all guilty of this. You kind of recall the people you see now, right? Like, wow, because you see her perform now. And you're right. I mean, Sloan was terrific when she was here. Terrific. Uh, uh, Bill, I give Napier a B to answer your question. Next year will be a big year, but I give him until year three. I think that's what most people think. Uh, that year three is the big year. Ooh, Sean Patrick's dissing you here. He says, Sean probably gave Oklahoma a zero chance against Bama. Uh. It's valid enough, but, I mean, when your best player on your team is a back-to-the-basket center, in 2023, this year, A.D. 2023, it gets a bit tough to win games against the absolute best teams, not just in the conference, but in the nation. But can I counter that? Who's number one in the country, and who's their best player? This is a good point. <laughs> but now, to be fair, though, there is talent around Edie. But that dude is really, and, and he's really good. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, that is true. I mean, I, I gave Oklahoma no chance. I don't know about zero, but yeah. I mean, if, if anyone was going to Vegas and said, I'm going to bet Oklahoma, no, you're not going to do that. Uh, David says uh, he also gives Napier a B uh, and says, but I want to see improvement in all phases. For example, better clock management, better talent acquisition, better game day coaching, first year staff adjusting. I get it. Year two, there should be improvement in those areas. Okay. Reasonable. Bob, what's happened to Gator women's basketball? I thought they were turning the corner. They lost again last night. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a rough year for them. And they scored last night two points in a quarter. Two points. And yet we're in the game late. Before losing. Yeah. 12-13, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Mike, I'll get to your call right after. Here, you'll be the first one today, hopefully of many. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Zach Weiss. In Gator men's basketball, Florida has a huge game tomorrow night versus the Tennessee Volunteers in the O'Connell Center. The Volunteers are ranked number two in the latest AP poll. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock. In Gator women's basketball, the next matchup is set for Thursday night, when they'll host the Texas A&M Aggies at 6. In high school hoops, there are a number of matchups tonight for both the boys and the girls. In the girls' district tournament, St. Francis plays St. John Lutheran and Bucles battles the Tallahassee Lincoln. 
For the boys, there are 10 regular season matchups tonight, including Gainesville vs. Newberry and Lafayette vs. O'Call. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Zach Weiss. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRU. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch needs your help to help the people they help. At-risk young boys from troubled homes. They're located in Palatka, and they need your unused or unwanted vehicles. Truck, car, RV, motorcycle, boat, just about any kind of vehicle please consider donating it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch because these kids take these vehicles, fix them up, and then resell them. Bottom line is it teaches them real-life skills. Your donations are tax-deductible, and it helps a really great cause. If you want to know more about what the Road Heaver Boys Ranch does, its history, and its mission, you can simply Google Boys Ranch Palatka, and the information is there, or you can go to their website, rbr.org that's rbr.org and you can learn more about the roadie for boys ranch everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery hey it's steve russell qc kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment they use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue if you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury you need to call qc kinetics don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Before New Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now... I do dishes differently. A no pre-wash, no rewash, money-back guaranteed kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep, <laughs> so clean. With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. Happy New Year! With the NFL playoffs and NBA All-Star Weekend upon us, it's time to upgrade your home entertainment with help from Electronics World. Hi, this is Tom Collette. At Electronics World, we can get you into a new Sony 4K big screen TV or design and install a home theater room for less than you might think. We'll put you right in the middle of the action for every score. Come see for yourself. Visit our showroom at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. The WRUF Radio App.
your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I asked you about looking at the Gator football schedule for next year. How many guaranteed wins do you see? Shelvin says three. Three almost definite losses. Three better than 50% shot at winning. Three less than 50% shot at winning. If in August, when you ask us to make our picks, you can ban me for a year as an email or caller if I predict anything higher than an 8-4 and four record. I'll likely pick 7-5. and five. By the way, the 2024 schedule could potentially be the toughest ever for the Gators. Let's get Mike. Mike, hi. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. Yeah, earlier you, you were bringing up sort of the comparison between Bridget Sloan and uh, Trinity Thomas. And, you know, you do, and everybody does a lot of Mount Rushmore's. I thought it might be fun. Maybe you want to do this today, maybe not, or doing a Mount Rushmore of, for lack of a better term, non, non-major or non-revenue sports. You know, no football, no basketball, no baseball. Yeah, that's going to be a summertime thing, you know, when it gets kind oh, of well, slow. Can I give you mine now? Um, well, I mean, if you insist, yeah. I mean, I, I, but I don't want this to continue to be okay. something we do today. I'd rather save it for, you know, a slower time. Because, for example, I'm also going to do it, it's like the non-revenue sports, but I've never, to my remembrance, done the the four or five best athletes ever here, ever, regardless of well, sport. So we'll yeah, do that well, in the summertime. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and give you mine just. You know, just for fun. You know, first I'm going to put Bridget Sloan. Although, you know, you can almost say Bridget Thomas or Trinity Sloan because they're so they're so close. Second, and a lot of people think this guy is an incredible flake, but he's the second most decorated swimmer in U.S. history. If Michael Phelps had been born five years later, Ryan Lochte would be Michael Phelps. Okay. Agree. Third is Grant Holloway. I mean, NCAA champion, Olympic champion, world champion. And my last is uh, Lisa Raymond. Okay. And one more thing on the on the uh, football team this year, I give them a C minus because you can't lose to Vanderbilt and you can't depend on missing a last second field goal to beat USF. I mean that just cannot happen at the University of Florida. Okay, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your call. See, that I guess what he just said at the end of that encapsulates my feeling about part of Gator Nation. Why why can't it happen at the University of Florida? Why not? What, what, what makes Florida how about Oklahoma? Right? Do you think do you think they're calling show this can't happen at the University of Oklahoma? They're saying the same thing. Right? What about when USC was down? This can't happen at USC. It happens everywhere. Florida is not immune to this. Okay? Don't, I mean, get off the high horse here, Gator Nation, because that doesn't hold water. Every program has a down cycle. But what happens? You get used to winning, and then... You know, the inevitable happens. No one stays on top forever. 
And then it's like, well, we, we, the university, we can't. You're no different than anybody else, right? And I, I would also argue Oklahoma has way more football pedigree than Florida does, historically. I mean, Bud Wilkinson, you know, come on. They, Florida doesn't have anything close to that. Stevens says he sees three guaranteed wins next season, McNeese, Charlotte, and Vandy. He can't lose to Vandy again, period. And again, Florida has done that in the past, too. It happens. But I understand. I, I get the point. Uh, so, again, grade Billy Napier to this point. And, again, not on just wins and losses, but overall where the program is, you know, where you think it is right now. And coming up here in just a couple of minutes, Blake Oliver 24-7 Sports will talk recruiting and we'll talk National Signing Day as well. Here's a really good email. Jack, thank you for this. He says, Yesterday you mentioned about Gator Baseball being ranked in, the, in every preseason top ten. And in one of the polls, you mentioned that seven SEC teams are ranked in the top ten. Therein lies the problem. In baseball, you can still make a regional because there's 64 teams. But in football, even with an expanded field, it isn't anywhere close. So if Florida is in the middle tier of the SEC, not nationally, he says, but in the SEC, how do you expect the Gators to do anything nationally? That's what's got to change, he says, for Florida to get back on top. Totally agree. Totally agree. Right now, in a related question, where would you put Florida in the SEC pecking order? Georgia, Alabama, LSU, I, I think, would be the top three. Would anybody, would anybody quibble with that? After that, what do you have? What do you have? You have a lot of teams bunched up in the middle. That's what you have, right? Ole Miss, what, what, let me ask this question. Would you say right now Ole Miss is better than Florida in terms of hierarchy in the SEC? I think the answer is yes. Now, they faded at the end of the year last year, but I, I still think you put them ahead of Florida. Do you not? Do you put South Carolina ahead of Florida? Because some way too early top 25 polls have South Carolina in it. So if you're going to be the fifth or sixth or seventh best team in the league, once again, it's hard to be real good nationally. Uh, here we go. This was fun. Um, I can't think of the name of the place, but they just did a study. I think it's called Digital Third Coast of the top five NBA mascots. Now, first of all, I can't even name you five 
mascots in the NBA. But that said, why would you think fans, the top reasons why they like mascots? I would have gotten eh, three of these. This is the NBA now. Entertainment. Appeal to children. I would have said that too. Cuteness. Eh. Nostalgia. Yeah, maybe. Team merchandise. I would have gotten maybe two of those. I'm not sure I would have gotten cuteness. The five best mascots, given those criteria, this outfit says, Grizz, the Memphis Grizzlies, Benny the Bull, okay, Moondog, Cavaliers, I didn't know that, Harry the Hawk, the Atlanta Hawks, I didn't do that one, and uh, Rocky the Mountain Lion, the Nuggets, I didn't know that one either. The worst, the Raptor, Toronto, Blaze the Trail Cat in Portland, Lucky the Leprechaun, the Celtics, the worst, Jazz Bear, Utah, and Mavs Man, Dallas. I knew like literally three of those mascots. That's it. Anyway, what that's worth. That's where we are now. 127, tie check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Blake Oliver 24-7 Sports will talk Football recruiting, National Signing Day next, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Where are you heading this year? No matter where your travels may take you, you want to get there safely and securely. And that means knowing your vehicle is up for the challenge. Hi, Steve Russell here. Don't roll the dice with the chain stores. Take your vehicle to the same place I do. Dave Mays Automotive. People in the area have been trusting Dave Mays Automotive since they opened their doors way back in 1975. Imports, domestics, diesel, fleet service, they can handle anything from engines, AC and heating, transmissions, tires, brake service, and more. And don't forget about their famous bug check. They go over your entire car, making sure there's no nasty surprises waiting for you. Dave Mays Automotive is at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road and online at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, they get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Outdoor enthusiasts, springtime is just around the corner, so now's the time to stop into Polaris of Gainesville during the spring sales event for a new Tracker Marine boat. The 2023 models have arrived and the 2022 models are clearing out. Right now, save thousands on 2022 models and leave with a low payment and all credit is accepted too. Basser Biting and Polaris of Gainesville has the Pro Team 175, the best-selling aluminum fishing boat powered by Mercury Marine. Every model comes complete ready to fish, basically turn the key and go. If fishing is not your thing and being with family and friends is, then a Sun Tracker pontoon boat might just be perfect for you. Every model features multiple lounges and spacious room and are powered by the ultra-reliable Mercury outboard motor. Feeling salty? Mako boats powered by Mercury will allow you to chase the really big ones. 
or maybe pre-owned fit your budget more. Polaris of Gainesville has a big selection to choose from. Have a boat you're not using or want to sell? We'll pay top dollar. So bring it for a quote on 441 between Gainesville and Alachua or visit PolarisofGainesville.com. Are you busy with work, family, and after-school activities? Give your kitchen the night off and let Miapa do the cooking for you. With scrumptious comfort food and a variety of family meals for all sizes and palates, everyone is picking up dinner from Miapa. Stop by the Jonesville location or the Alachua and Gainesville staples. Order ahead at www.miapalatincafe.com and pick up from any one of their three locations or drive through for your meal at the Jonesville and Gainesville locations. Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the best family meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about their award-winning coffee that's always made with Cuban love and available from sunrise to late night. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Don't forget about the environment when making New Year's resolutions. This year, resolve to recycle more. Recycle paper, bottles, and cans. Reuse paper and plastic bags and get a reusable bag for groceries. Recycle old clothes by donating them to charity. And recycle old electronics like TVs, computers, and cell phones at appropriate e-waste facilities. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a hundred things, a thousand things, a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. A pretty warm afternoon is ahead as temperatures are forecast to climb into the low and even mid-80s. We'll hold on to plenty of sunshine tonight. Temperatures fall into the 60s, low to mid-60s in most spots, with patching fog possible especially after midnight, so that early Wednesday morning commute could be a little dicey depending on how early you're heading out the door. Otherwise, we'll hold on to warm, dry conditions for Thursday. From UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Justin Ballard. And now, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. The story is the Jets are hiring Daniel Hackett, and he's the former head coach of the Broncos, and he was the quarterback's coach in Green Bay. So now it's, well, we hired him, we're getting Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it works that way, but can you get Rodgers to agree to two years? And if you can, I would make a trade. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes, and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We're proud to be your home for Gators basketball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. Welcome back to Sports Scene. You know... Back in the day, before NIL and before early signing period and all that, this was, tomorrow, was a much ballyhoo day, National Signing Day. Uh, it's kind of a whimper now. But it is upon us, and Blake Allerman, 24-7 Sports, covers uh, football recruiting, now joins us. Blake, it, it just seems like yesterday when this day was a huge, huge deal. Now it's almost an afterthought, isn't it? It is. You know, these guys that, uh, you know, with, with the early signing period in December, a lot of these guys, you know, more and more since the early signing period became a thing, you know, the, the number of guys that go ahead and sign in December is, is a really high number. And, you know, there's usually only about a handful of guys left in February, you know, whether they're guys that, you know, like in Florida's, you know, situation with Caden Jones, the four-star offensive tackle, he committed after the early signing period. So he's going to sign in February. You know, other guys that maybe wanted to, 
you know, hold off on signing for, you know, for different circumstances, whether it be, you know, they were working on some academic things, whether they, you know, maybe didn't have the offers that they would have thought they would have, you know, from December to now. So, you know, there, there's still a handful of guys that, you know, remain unsigned or uncommitted um, heading into that early, excuse me, to National Signing Day. But, you know, I, I would say that, you know, 80, 85% of these guys are, are go ahead and go ahead and sign in, in December. And as far as Florida tomorrow, I know Billy Napier will discuss, you know, the class as a whole, but uh, Gator fans should not get really excited about tomorrow in terms of anything new, right? As far as I know, I mean, if there's some kind of crazy surprise that, you know, I wasn't expecting or, you know, something along those lines, I, you know, I guess never say never, but... For me, you know, the only thing that's really on the radar now is, is like I said, Caden Jones, who's already committed to Florida. He committed at the All-American Bowl um, earlier in January whenever they held that in Texas, you know, committed over Houston and Texas A&M. He should be putting pen to paper tomorrow in the afternoon, and then uh, I believe it's around 3.15 Eastern time, and then I believe Napier speaks sometime around 4 o'clock. So that kind of matches up to where it seems like that's really the only thing that I'm waiting on at this point. Uh, as you, because it's so disjointed now, uh, as you look at, if, if you assume he signs tomorrow, Blake, look at right. this class uh, with Gator fans listening and assess it for us. W- what do you think of the class as a whole? You know, I think it's a really good class. You know, I, I think that, you know, recruiting really good in, in your first real year, that's great. You know, I think that in general, going forward, if you can continue to bring in some of those elite guys, you know, whether they're, you know, guys nationally and or, you know, more importantly, locking down those elite guys in the state of Florida, that's really the next step there. But I think from this class specifically, you know, if you're sitting there now looking at the high school rankings, it's the 12th ranked class in the country. Um, I don't know how much movement will be there because, you know, like I said, and a lot of these guys are already signed in December. So I'm not sure how much movement will you know take place in the team rankings. Um, but I think whenever you look at the class in general, you can definitely see where the areas that they wanted to to improve, you know, definitely heavily on defense, defensive line, um, you know, between transfers and high school guys, linebacker was an area they wanted to, to focus on. I think more so from the transfer portal, getting some of those guys there that have that experience and defensive back, you know, defensive back is another area on defense where they wanted to fill, you know, they've signed a heavy defensive back class. And they sign guys that can play in the star nickel position, cornerback, safety. So revamping that defense was definitely a, a big area of focus in the class. And even on offense, you know, signing, you know, three wide receivers there. That's an area where they wanted to improve on <clears throat> on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so, I, I mean, I like the balance of this class. Um, I think that, you know, they really hit on those areas that they wanted to improve, like I said, and they signed a deep class of those areas as well. So I like the balance of how things are all split up. You know, I used the analogy, Blake, earlier in the show uh, with Gator Baseball that, you know, their preseason ranked in every top ten poll, and in one of them, seven SEC teams were ranked at the top ten. Well, if you look at 24-7's recruiting rankings, uh, Alabama, Georgia, I'm including Texas, Oklahoma here, LSU, Tennessee, are all ahead of Florida. It's kind of the same thing. You know, Florida may be number 12, but they're number six or seven in the SEC. Is that a concern? I think it is, and I and I, that's where I said, you know, recruiting really good, that, that's going to win you a lot of games. You know, that's going to improve your roster. That, that's, those are good things. You know, don't get me wrong. But I feel like in the SEC, 
recruiting good can still not be good enough, as crazy as that sounds. You need to recruit great in the SEC, and that reason is because, of like what you just said, a lot of these teams that Florida either has on their schedule or teams that they would want to meet in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, or you never know how cross-SEC West opponents work. I mean, a lot of these teams are in your conference. These are the teams that you need to focus on beating. So I think that that is a concern whenever you look at, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, you can you you can win these games, but it's you know it's you can scheme around a lot, all sorts of guys. You know, we saw that with Dan Mullen, great X's and O's types of coach, really can scheme a lot of these things up. But if you don't have the types of players that are matching up to some of these guys, the gap can continue to get bigger. So I think that's why continuing to add some, you know, a couple more of those elite types players, slide in the top ten. You know, if you can press top five, you know, obviously baby steps to get to that point. Um, that's how you need to, to really take that next step of winning those national championships, making the playoffs, continuing to improve those steps. You know, again, I, I circle back to Dan Mullen. You know, he won 10 games um, a couple times as a head coach, but never really crossed that next step of getting into the national championship conversation, getting into the playoff conversation. And I think that if you continue to recruit more of those elite types of guys, you know, those top guys in the state of Florida, top guys around the country. That's how you take that next step. Blake Allerman joining us here, 24-7 Sports, covering college and Gator football recruiting. Uh, maybe there's a silver lining here, Blake, because I don't know how this could be done, but I wish that there could be a ranking where you have National Signing Day plus the portal. Here's an example. Michigan and Florida State are 18 and 20, respectively, in terms of the rankings for 24-7, and yet they both did really well in the portal. So is it there's some mitigation? If you can do better in the portal, that can also mitigate if you don't do quite as well in the high school recruiting. Well, the good thing about 24-7 sports rankings, if you look at them, you know, on the team rankings or if you pull up, you know, specifically Florida's class, there are different breakdowns of how you can have rankings, right, of of team rankings. So you have the composite ranking, which is basically an average of, you know, rivals 24-7, on three, ESV, and all those. Like, that's your average ranking is what a composite ranking is on 24-7. That was where you have those rankings of, you know, 12th for Florida. Then you have a separate ranking for transfer rankings, you know, guys that's, you know, literally just looking at your transfer rankings. And then if you have, you know, you combine those together for the overall ranking, that's where you get that. So there's different ways to see where, you know, where you can rank on guys from, you know, adding transfers in there and having high school guys. So there's different ways because the transfer portal has become so big. But, you know, I think that it's an interesting talking point going forward for, you know, what's the right formula for building your roster. You know, is it through high school recruiting? Is it through transfer portal rankings or, excuse me, transfer portal additions? You know, and I don't really know the answer for that because I think each person does different things. I think whenever you use the transfer portal in the way of college football, like, you know, for Florida example, you've got a roster that you wanted to turn over. It used to take a couple years, right, you know, yeah. to really flip that roster. You know, it used to take three years minimum just to start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for flipping that roster. And the transfer portal completely can expedite that. And I think USC this past season was a good example of that, of seeing what they did. And, you know, it's USC. You know, obviously they're a big brand out west. You know, they really own California in terms of recruiting and, you know, getting those guys out west. But 
you can really flip that roster with adding some of the guys that they added through the transfer portal. You know, you had a great quarterback, you had a great wide receiver, you had other pieces that they, you know, added in there that can really change that team into a team that, you know, if they would have won the Pac-12 championship game, we're talking about a playoff team. So you can do that in year one. And I think Florida State's another good example where a team that doesn't really do so great of recruiting at the high school level, but they're doing a good job recruiting in the transfer portal. That was a slow-moving process for them in the first couple of years under Mike Norvell. You know, they weren't winning those games. They were having losing seasons. Well, now they've kind of started to get some of those guys in the transfer portal that had been in the program for a while, and they had a 10-win season this past year. So I don't know what the exact formula is. I think the best way to treat it is you have to obviously – I think high school recruiting is the most important thing because that's where you build those guys – that can be in your program for more than one, two years, because it's very rare to where you have a guy in the transfer portal. I mean, it's not impossible, but most of those guys in the transfer portal, you're getting like a one-year rental, two-year maybe. There's just not a lot of guys that go in the transfer portal that have those extra years. Not something that's completely out of the question, because Florida added a guy like Deuce Spurlock, the linebacker from Michigan, who was a, a freshman this past season. So you can get some of those guys that have those extra years, but I think that transfer portal additions are a good way to – you know, if you can add a guy that's a certified baller and that can just improve, you know, any type of position in your room, absolutely you take that chance. But I think that the transfer portal is a good way to kind of supplement for areas where you didn't hit on certain needs in high school recruiting. So, for an example, Florida, linebacker was a big position. You lost Ventrell Miller this past season. You lost Amari Bernie this past season. You've got a couple guys in there that have played some snaps, were already really talented, highly regarded recruits, but they're just not ready there out of the gate out of just simple game snaps and what they've experienced at a game level because that's just a totally different, you know, game speed of high school to college. So Florida adds, you know, wanted to add some guys in high school at linebacker. Missed out on a couple of guys. Landon Jade Robinson out of Lake City, Columbia High School, who they're really excited about, but that's one guy in a room where you really wanted to add some bodies in there. Well, Florida goes through the transfer portal and adds three linebackers through the transfer portal. So now you've completely flipped that room around from, you know, guys that have experience in there at the college level. So I think that the transfer portal, there's, there's some give and take. I think high school recruiting is your most important thing because that's where you build your depth. That's where you build talent. That's where you raise certain areas, but you have to develop those guys. But the transfer portal is an area where you can add some guys with some experience. If you didn't miss, on, if you missed on certain targets at the high school level, or if you still feel like you need some more experience in there, that you're going to be a little young in room. So I feel like you have to do a little bit of both. Um, so I think that the transfer portal is important, but I think at the end of the day, high school recruiting is where you really can. That's that's got to be your main focus, and then you have to kind of balance that with the transfer portal. All right, final question here. <clears throat> it seems to me if there's sort of as a sleeper in the SEC in terms of high school. It'd be South Carolina. I mean, it looks like Beamer has gone out and you know gotten some there's, – there's still a kid out there who's looking at South Carolina who could sign. Would, would that be the sort of uh, surprise or outlier class that maybe is a little bit more than people thought? You know, I think so, and I think that that helps, too, because, you know, South Carolina, when I think South Carolina, I just don't think recruiting juggernaut. You know, I think 16th, where they're ranked right now in the, in the 24-7 sports rankings for, for their high school recruiting class in 2023, I think that's really good, and I think that's one of their highest-rated classes they've had in South Carolina history. So I think with Beamer, what he's doing there, and you have, a, you know, Spencer Radler coming back at quarterback, who's, a, you know, a pretty big-name quarterback himself. So if you can continue to capitalize on having – you know, those explosive wins with how they ended their season. And you can bring a guy back like Radler, who's 
you know, you would think is only going to get better is, you know, his final year there at South Carolina. I think that that's a team that, you know, is recruited really well. You know, I think from a, from an average point, you know, looking at their, their rankings average, they're at about an 89. They've got 12 four stars and 12 three stars. I think you want to see them continue to add a little bit more of those four star types of guys to kind of get over that next hump there. But, you know, in terms of South Carolina, you know, I think that they've recruited really well. They've put some pieces there through the transfer portal, through high school rankings. So I think 16th, where they're sitting at right now, is really good for them. Okay. Where can people see your work? Yeah, Swamp 24-7. That's uh, the Florida Gators 24-7 sports site. Um, we'll have some signing day coverage with that coming up. Um, it'll be in the off season. That's that's seven-on-seven seven season for me. So it'll be doing a lot of seven-on-seven seven tournaments, um, getting ready for high school spring football later on down the spring, Florida spring football. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a break with just things kind of slowing down with signing day going on. And, you know, it's a dead period is the whole month of February. So we'll be cranking things back up in the spring. Okay, Blake. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports, 1246. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. District Girls Basketball Tournament's going on. P.K. Young's coach, Willie Powers, joins us next ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Nathaniel Wilson. The Gators men's golf team is competing in Jacksonville this morning at the Seabest Invitational. The team is currently ranked 9th after finishing 10th ranked last season, the highest they have finished since 2007. Florida men's basketball is set to host the number 2 ranked Tennessee Volunteers tomorrow night. That game will be the second in a row for the Gators versus top 10 opponents. They fell to number 7 Kansas State on Saturday. The Miami Heat will take on the Cavaliers in Cleveland tonight. The teams currently sit at 5th and 6th place in the Eastern Conference standings, respectively. That game tips off at 7 p.m. In local girls high school basketball, several districts kick off their tournaments tonight, including Class 1A District 6, which features Union County versus Bell. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Milk. Eggs. 42 bucks. Ma'am, you okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. 
For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Did you know you could be driving in a pile of cash? Like, right now? Bumper makes it easy to know what your car is worth. The used car market is hot right now. Bumper.com can be your opportunity to make some bank. Bumper.com lets you know what your car is worth based on your car's specific details. So whether you're selling or just want to know, Bumper makes it easy. Know what your car is worth. Just go to Bumper.com. For buying and beyond, Bumper.com. Bumper reports are based upon data available. Bumper may not have the complete historical records of every vehicle. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials. But you don't need to wait for nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com and follow them on social media to see the latest specials. Come get Social at The Social at Midtown. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Thank you, Sean. Right now, I want to talk high school girls basketball with P.K. Young head coach Willie Powers. Uh, the school's in the midst of district tournament action postseason play. Will, man, it's good to talk to you. How are you? Great, great. Nice to talk to you, Steve. It is. Same here, Will. Uh, okay, for those of you or for those listening maybe don't know about your season overall, discuss that uh, and who you'll play, all the, all the pertinent stuff. Well, thirteen and three right now. Um, first um, seed in our district will have the winner of uh, Trinity Catholic and uh, Bradford. Um, so, should be a pretty good um, district championship game. It'd be a tough one for us. The thirteen and three is certainly, you know, sounds really good. What's been the strength of your team? What do you like about it? Uh, well, being that we only have eight varsity players, it's just been the continuity. You know, the girls knowing what each other's doing, and you know, being able to execute at the, you know, end of games have really helped us this year. And I think the young ladies are really paying attention to what, what is, you know, being taught. And, you know, it, it, it shows at the end of games. We've had some big games that we won in the fourth quarter because we're able to execute. So, you know, that's been really good. I didn't know you only had eight. Was that just because of people not coming out? What was the reason for that? Uh, well, we only have eight in the school. I mean, we only had wow. eight basketball players in the school right now because, you know, you lose some every year, and then we haven't really gotten many back. So um, it's been, you know, the case that um, we just, you know, play with what we have. And, you know, most of the girls have been with me since sixth grade, so they pretty much know what I expect, what I need, and that type of stuff. But it's been, you know, pretty hard trying to navigate playing time, practices, and you know, the load, you know, NBA has the loading, and I understand that now with 
you know, playing kids 32 minutes a game, you, you can't practice the next day full speed or you have to take a couple of days off to get mentally and physically ready for the next game. See, I think what happens, you know, and I understand, you know, fans get caught up in free agency or NIL and college. Yep. But the transfer issue is alive and well in high school, and sometimes that can be a positive, but it can be a detriment too, can it? Oh, it definitely can be a detriment because you never know what you're going to get. You know, all I want is kids that want to do what I ask them to do. And, you know, sometimes with that being said, I have kids that don't come to PK Young because of that, and that's fine. You know, I just want the kids that want to, you know, be team ball players, play hard, and want to be coached. And, you know, the eight I have this year have done a great job of that, you know, being coached and, you know, really working hard. And, you know, like I said, playing 32 minutes a game, full speed is pretty tough. So we're just trying to learn how to navigate with timeouts, you know, changes of defenses and stuff like that. Because, you know, we like to go up tempo. We like to press. But we haven't been able to really do that much this year. been pressing in, in, in spots. So, you know, it's all, it's, you know, just like I'm learning, they're learning from me, I'm learning from them, too, to what I need to do to be a you know, better coach with this group. That's interesting. Uh, let me ask this. You've had some really, really good teams and some really, really talented people play for you. In that realm, Willie, tell me about this group. I think this group is probably the best group of actually, you know, believing in what Coach Power says and, you know, not trying to do what they can't do. You know, everybody's playing their roles. You know, my post players, you know, rebounding. My guards are scoring, you know, and we have some other ones playing defense. You know, they, they really buy into what they need to do to make us successful. So that's been – that's been very key. You know, we've had, you know, we have two guards that score a lot, but we have a post player, DeMar Wims, who rebounds. You know, in big time, big games, you know, that's what we need. We have, you know, a, you know, another four, you know, who plays behind the ball in the press, and, and Renaya Clark, who does really well for us. So everybody has played their role and not worried about, you know, who gets the accolades, because it's not about who gets the accolades, it's about who wins the game. So, you know, that's been one good thing about this group. And, you know, that's why, you know, I think if they, you know, stay healthy and keep executing, they have a chance to go a long way. Final question, Will. Uh, you mentioned who you might play. Uh, how did you do against them in the regular season? What do those teams bring to the table, whoever you play? We, well, we beat Bradford twice. Um, we beat uh, Trinity Catholic early in the year. But I see Trinity Catholic has gotten a, a whole lot better. I watched them a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're probably the most talented team in our region, you know, besides Providence and Florida High. So, you know, it's going to take us to be able to defend and, and, and score the ball to, to beat them because they definitely can score the ball. I wish you luck. When do you play? Uh, Friday at 6 at PKO. Okay, championship game. So I wish yes. you a lot of luck, Willie. Thank you. Always appreciate you doing right. this. Thanks, Steve. You got it. Willie Powers, longtime girls basketball coach at PK Young. One thing I've always admired about him, uh, you know, Willie just lost his dad, and I, as I did mine, uh, and I knew his dad well, played a lot of softball uh, against his dad. Uh, he's got a lot of his dad in him. You know, Willie is, a, is an old-school coach, uh, and it takes, you know, a certain athlete to respond to that, but he has done a terrific job over at PK. A little later on today, Cornelius Ingram is going to join us because <clears throat> he's coaching girls basketball, uh, and they will be in district action as well. And uh, 
Also today, Trent Whittemore <clears throat> will tell you about his transfer to UCF, uh, what went into that. He will join us a little later on today. Tomorrow, the coach, Herm Edwards, joins us to talk a little National Football League. Uh, Sarah is going to be my first uh, softball, I, I mean, I'm sorry, lacrosse interview tomorrow. Sarah Resnick will join us. Looking forward to that as lacrosse is uh, ranked preseason very highly. That should be fun. Uh, all right, let me get to a couple of emails to close out the hour here. Uh, let's see. Tim says about the wins next year, believes we win six or seven. McNeese, Charlotte, Vandy, Carolina, Arkansas, Missouri, possibly FSU. This roster needed to be flipped. I believe with the current class, Coach Napier now has 59 players he's evaluated and signed because of our inability to sign an elite quarterback this year and what appears to be a chaotic mess with NIL and the Gator Collective. I'd give this program a grade of C-. minus. We'll continue that as we go along. In case you're just tuning in, what I asked was a given National Signing Day tomorrow. Coach Napier will speak about 415. Hopefully you'll hear him here. Uh, but how would you grade not – the season, but where, you know, this program is right now, everything that is uh, involved, wh what kind of grade uh, would you give it? Want to know that. Also, um, we're going to be talking uh, recruiting with pro football focuses, Max Chadwick as well. Um, that will take place, I think, tomorrow. So we've got a lot of guests coming up uh, and going to get us through this lull period here when people who like football hibernate. There's no other sport. Nothing else matters. So we'll, we'll go on a hole for four months. Uh, and that's okay. Happens. But we will continue. That is our first hour. We thank you for listening. And we will take more of your calls in hour number two. You are listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Back for hour two. WRUF Gainesville. U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. When Daphne and I got married, and I've had so many problems with my teeth over the years, she just guided me right in here, and, and uh, they are truly wonderful. There was absolutely no one else to go to but Exceptional Dentistry for him. No one else. Since I had had my teeth worked on in so many different places in the world and so many things done, I had about two-thirds of my teeth were bad. Plus, I had a couple plates, so he removed all my teeth and put in implants. So, brand new again. This is, this is more like having my teeth back again. It, life is pretty normal. They're the best. That's it. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. Time for new tires? Well, trust the experts at TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan, tell them what you drive, and... You can use their easy-to-use decision guide. They'll show you the right tires for how and what and where you drive. They've got the full lineup of Hankook tires, test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, 
fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Time for new tires? Well, trust the experts at TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan, tell them what you drive, and you can use their easy-to-use decision guide. They'll show you the right tires for how and what and where you drive. They've got the full lineup of Sumitomo tires. Test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM. WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Tuesday. Sean's producing. Hopefully you are participating. 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Uh, asked how you would grade the first year under Billy Napier. Not, not necessarily wins and losses, but overall, where you think the program is. And then how many guaranteed wins do you see on the schedule for next year? Just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, all right. We will, uh, by the way, Urban Meyer, he, uh, was on a recent podcast, and he says that that Coach Prime is going to be really successful. He said, uh, "Nothing quote nothing crazy in the first year. In the first couple of years, I'd say certainly a bowl game and an eight and nine win season. That would be saying a lot. They've only made bowl eligibility twice, I think, since two thousand seven or eight. So we'll see what he does. All right. Uh, let's take calls. Tennessee Mike, hi. Hey, Steve. I uh, want to chat you up about this uh, upcoming uh, Tennessee-Florida game. Got a Billy Donovan question and maybe one other knick-knack on the way out the door for you. Okay. Hey, Steve, um, I just got done hearing um, uh, finished is probably a better way to say it, hearing Kevin Brockaway uh, interviewed up this way. Mm-hmm. And um, Billy Donovan came up, came up Steve. And, and um, the Bulls, I believe, are three games under 500. I checked. Uh, real quick, I don't follow the NBA all that closely. How's he done in the NBA? Okay. You know, he's not set the world on fire. He's done okay. He's had a lot of injuries on his team, I know, that has really stunted what they can do. Uh, and I think you know, the front office realizes that. But, I mean, he's not, you know, won a championship or anything close to that. Has he hit a conference – I mean, he's never hit a finals or anything, right? Oklahoma City, kind of a small market team. He's, he's, he's done okay, but maybe not killed it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's not killed it. I mean, he's not, you know, not like he did at Florida, but he's done all right. Is he above, is he above 500 as a coach? Does he have a winning record in the NBA? I have conference? no idea. All right, well, so here's my question. Uh, there were uh, rumbles earlier when Calipari and Kentucky were struggling about Billy Donovan in Kentucky. Uh, I just heard the end of Brockaway's interview, and he mentioned that Billy Donovan's a Catholic, uh, obviously coming out of the Northeast, and um, Notre Dame and Texas are needing coaches. Have you heard anything about that down your way? No, and he's not going to go back to college. 
So you don't, you don't. The way I think I heard Brockway say it would be a be a huge hire for Notre Dame and a perfect fit if he's wanting to pull the ripcord on the NBA. You, you don't see him showing up at Notre Dame. No. I just wonder what you might have heard. Hey, Steve. See that, uh, but that's. Let, let me just stop you there. I don't deal with that because there's nothing to hear. That's what's wrong with media today. There's all this speculation. And, I mean, I, I could throw something out right now and say, you know what, Billy Diamond would be a really good fit at USC or a good, a good fit wherever, okay? It doesn't mean it's true. That, that's an opinion, and everybody's entitled to that. But where is the, where's the meat on the bone that would, you know, substantiate that in any way? People we'll change their minds. Uh, People change we'll their minds, right? But Billy left here because he'd done what he could do here, and he didn't, he didn't want to go recruit and because he was sick of it. He didn't like the way things were going. Well, you think he's going to like it now with NIL and things like that? I just don't. Again, strange things happen. I just don't see it. Yeah, well, Steve, I'll throw you a compliment. Uh, what, first off, Texas, too, was mentioned. Billy Donovan Court, what if he showed up in Texas? Texas needs a coach. I just answered the question. They're coming to the, coming to the SEC. I just think it would be wild to see him back in the SEC, but but see, I'll give you a compliment. I mean, I'm sure you got Foley on speed dial and Strickland and all of them. I don't consider you a member of the media, well, maybe halfway. I consider you a Gator legend and tied in. No, I am a member of the media and always have been. And that that's why I teach students to who go into the media. So that's part of the role I have here. I am a media member who just happens to do a talk show like this yeah I, I guess the better way to put it is i just consider you a, a credible source and very connected hey uh what do you think about this ball game coming up wednesday night steve big opportunity for florida tennessee can uh fall asleep on offense how do you see this game tomorrow night well and i'll, I'll clear out and I'll okay out thanks mike that that's florida can fall asleep on offense too i i think the higher the score goes in this game the harder it is for florida this is going to be if Florida wins, this is going to be a game in the 60s, you know, and I can just hear it now. Oh, they got the shackles on them. They're going to walk the ball to Florida. But that's who they are, okay? They're not – they don't shoot the ball well. Now, anybody can get hot on a given night, right? You can, you can go – they might score 75. And sometimes Tennessee does – going to offensive lulls. And we talked about this in the first hour. Who would have given Oklahoma any chance to beat Alabama? And they were at home. Sean gives Florida zero chance to beat Tennessee here. Florida is at home. So, I mean, you don't know, but let's put it this way. Florida's be- I mean, Tennessee's better than Florida. It, it, would, it would take for Florida to play over their heads, and it would take Tennessee to play a little under what they've done, I think, for Florida to have a chance to win this game, at least right now. I think that's where that certainly sits. 3928255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. That is one thing that's always irked me about modern media. Right? Look, everybody hears things. 
in my day, if you came out and said something and you were wrong, you were fired. You were fired. Now, you post something, it doesn't uh, uh, you know, take place, you just take the post down. There, there's no, there's no, nothing. But again, only constants change. D, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey. Uh, Gator basketball. Uh, I know you asked earlier what you think the percentage of uh, the Florida winning tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to say 30, Steve. Uh, you can't discount home court advantage because, you know, all you had to do was look at last night. Um, Texas Tech was winless in the conference. And they were down 39-22 at halftime to a ranked Iowa State team and came back and beat them. So yep. you can't, like I said, you can't discount home court advantage. And I expect I expect the Gators to come out, you know, hungry, desperate, uh, with great intensity, great energy tomorrow. I mean, it's a rival. It's a highly ranked team. It's at home. Uh, the crowd should be, you know, at full throat tomorrow. So I expect them uh, to come out with a great effort. Now, all that being said, um, you know, Tennessee's number two for a reason. And the thing about this game is, Steve, I trust Tennessee's defense more than I trust Florida's offense because I think Tennessee's got to be ranked in the top two or three in defensive uh, efficiency in the SEC. And I think they're probably top ten overall in the nation. So, and defense travels. So, when it, when it all said and done, I trust their defense more than I trust our offense. Yeah, you know, and it also brings up a point uh, D, for those who don't like games being played in the 60s. I get it, right? But the bottom line is to win. Do you think anybody right now at Virginia cares that they win games like 67-62 or whatever they win by? Tennessee, their coach, if you heard Burt Bertelkamp yesterday from Tennessee, he is a defense-first coach. And the players understand that. That doesn't mean you know you, you can't put the ball in the basket, but I mean that's just where his emphasis is. Same with you know Virginia's guy. So the bottom line is winning. However you win, do you have less margin for error if you you know play close games all the time? Yes, but if you win, it should be celebrated. Right, but I think in Tennessee's case, they can they can score as well. So. They can, but they but they do have lulls, <laughs> right? And, and that's the thing I think Florida, where I think they do have, a, you know, a fighter's chance. If they first of all, Florida's strength is their defense. They play pretty good defense. Okay, so if they play good defense and Tennessee goes into a, a sustained lull in scoring. That keeps Florida in the game. To your point, D, it keeps the crowd in it. That's when upsets happen. Yep, and you've got to win the three-point line, Steve. I think Florida's going to have to get hit between 8 and 10, and they're going to have to uh, control the boards, man. They can't get demolished on the offensive glass because if, if they don't win the three-point line and Tennessee's getting second and third opportunities, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, see, that, that I, I don't know. Because yeah. Tennessee <laughs> – is a good defensive team, yep. and because Florida doesn't shoot the three ball very well, yep. that's not a good mix, D. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's why they play the game. Absolutely. Be good, be Okay, be man. Good. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, and that's why. You, you know what? You can be – you can hit – you can be a 220 career hitter, and one game you go four for four. 
I mean, the rest of them, you might go two for 50, but you go four for four. When you, well, same thing. You may be a bad three-point shooting team, but in one night, you light it up and everything goes right. So we shall see. Florida, by the way, history made. I don't remember the last time this happened, but think about, we talked about the, the, the toughness of Florida's schedule, the stretch of games. Florida's facing back-to-back top five opponents for only the second time in program history. And the last time was 55 years ago. Now, Florida's won five of their last six in the SEC. They have held teams to 24% from beyond the arc. So, again, if they bring that defense, that helps. 114. David, I'll get right to you. 114. Time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now. On ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Nathaniel Wilson. The Gators men's golf team is competing in Jacksonville today at the Seabest Invitational. The golf team is currently ranked 9th in the country after finishing 10th ranked last season, the highest they've finished since 2007. Florida men's basketball will host number 2 ranked Tennessee tomorrow night. This game will be the Gators' second in a row against top 10 opponents after falling to number 7 Kansas State on Saturday. The game tips off at 7 p.m. tomorrow. The Miami Heat will take on the Cavaliers in Cleveland tonight. The Heat are two and a half games back of the Cavs for fifth place in the Eastern Conference standings. The teams will face off at 7 p.m. tonight. In boys high school basketball tonight will feature matchups between Gainesville and Newberry and Hilliard and Bronson. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Friends, I've been telling you for a long time about my friends at Southeast Cardency in Gainesville 310. Northeast 39th Avenue, for good reason. Look, I don't care what business you have, you want to build trust. And Southeast Cardency has done that because they've been around for a long time. 40-plus years, the Cousins family has owned and operated that business. And that means longevity and customer satisfaction. If you're looking for a new vehicle, though, this is not the place to go. They don't have any. And they've never had. Since opening their doors, they specialize in bringing you the best in late model, low mileage vehicles. And they do a great job of bringing to their lot the widest variety and selection of vehicles. You can have the best choice to buy the vehicle that you want. Go online, secars.com. Check out the vehicles that way. Go see them in person, Northeast 39th Avenue as well. And you know what to do if you go by and see them. Tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Beloved former basketball coach and educator Satch Sullinger knows you got to keep moving to stay healthy. But that's not so easy when your aching joints won't cooperate. We still want to move and we still want to get around and we still want to be active, but we start to deteriorate the moment we quit moving. QC Kinetics regenerative treatments help restore movement in stiff, aching knees, hips, shoulders, and back using only your natural healing properties to help restore damaged joints. That's a huge positive for Satch. It's working, and what I really like about it is there's nothing foreign put in my body. Everything that was put in my body has been taken from my body. 
I love it. I love it. I, like I said, I want to live until the day I die. Get rid of the pain and start moving again. Call QC Kinetics today for your complimentary consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. This Valentine's Day, you'll fall in love with our Amore Valentino menu at Pomodoro's. Take advantage of our special menu with your special someone this Valentine's Day at Pomodoro's with special appetizers, entrees, and more. Visit PomodoroCafe.com. Pomodoro, it's the place if you're craving a getaway. It's the true Trattoria and Gainesville, Florida at Pomodoro Cafe. Before New Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now... I do dishes differently. A no pre-wash, no rewash, money-back guaranteed kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep, so clean. With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. For Email S. Russell at WRUF.com. David, hello. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, your question of the grade on Napier, I give him a, you know, and I, and I want to preface this by saying I'm, big, I'm a big Napier supporter. I give him a C-plus this year. Um, I just, um, I think he, I think he was told to uh, dealt a tough hand, okay, um, but I also think he, he didn't do enough in the uh, portal, you know, to improve the team uh, for this year. Uh, but, you know, comparing him to other coaches like Brian Kelly or Mike Norvell, um, which I think they did a lot in the portal, and it, I think it helped them a lot. Um, and but what's concerning now for next year is I don't know that it doesn't look like he's actually, you know, he's lit it up in the portal. Uh, going forward for for next year, either. What do you what do you think about that? Well, I mean, you know, you can get people that you can get, but I, I agree. I mean, some programs like FSU really lean into the portal. They're in terms of their ranking and recruiting, they're twentieth, but they've done a nice job in getting talent from the portal. And talent is talent is talent. But the question I have for schools that do it that way, it's like in the old days when you went junior college. And I hear that comparison all the time. I don't buy it. Here's why I don't. Junior college guys went to junior college for a reason, right? Something academic, you know, whatever it might be. And if you look at Florida's history with junior college guys, it isn't very good. A lot of them just didn't do well here. Well, that's different than the portal. Now, you do get some guys that transfer because they don't play, and they're an unknown commodity. But a lot of these guys have proven themselves. 
So that's the big difference to me in the portal. And yes, other schools have done a nice job in getting proven talent to help their team like FSU has right away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe the LSU did also. Didn't they get some yep. players from the – They sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, just comment on the NFL, and, and this is an opinion really. Um, and I preface this by saying I'm a Cowboys fan. And, you know, and I, you know, I've been a Dak supporter. I just, but, I'm, you know, after so many years, I'm just – I think it's – I think it's time to maybe think about moving on if you can go out and get somebody. And and that's I don't understand why more NFL teams don't go after you know free agents. You know we got a couple right now out there, obviously. Which you know maybe they can't get them. Maybe they don't want to go there. That's a whole other story. But an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, because to me the NFL, if you're going to uh, win, if you want to win multiple Super Bowls. You have to have an elite quarterback, uh, um, and and when they're available, I think you got to you got to do something to go get them. I, I think I saw where San Francisco is thinking about uh, you know talking to to both of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, San Francisco is very unique because think about their quarterback room. You got a guy they drafted in the first round, Trey Lance, who's not really been given a chance. You have a guy like Garoppolo who's hurt a lot. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, was a starter. I mean, before, you know, so they've got three guys right there. They've got to figure out what to do with. My right. guess would be two of them wouldn't be around, especially if you're going to go after somebody like Rodgers or Tom Brady. Then maybe three of them wouldn't be around unless one of them is willing to be a backup, and probably Garoppolo wouldn't fit that. Maybe Brock Purdy would sit, you know, a year or two, and then maybe be the guy. So they got a very unique situation there. Okay. And uh, lastly, if uh, maybe before the show ends, maybe you don't want to do it. If you don't, that's fine. But I'd like to hear your grade of Napier. Yep, I'll do that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, David. And as far as Dallas, I- I'm sitting here squarely looking at the Dallas guy and Sean. He printed up stuff, Dallas, it was Super Bowl party, all that, okay? And I'll give him this. The dude's got chutzpah, because if they don't, I know he's gotten all kinds of grief from his buds. And that's what happens when you stick your neck out, it happens. There is, whether you like the Cowboys or not, though, here's the thing that I've never understood. The last time they won a Super Bowl was when I didn't have gray hair, okay? When Sean wasn't born. So what is this myth about Dallas? They've not been any good. Now, they haven't been bad. They've not been like the Jets. I'm not saying that. But they're, you know, America's, they've, they've not been very relevant. And yet they act like they're the best team in the world, and they're not. That is the part that I don't get when it comes to that franchise. That because they won a lot, you know, look, Tom Landry was great. Jimmy Johnson was great. Okay? Those were the heyday. And and when Landry was there until the end, they were perennial playoff teams and won Super Bowls. And Jimmy Johnson won 
some in a small window. But there's no other team in the NFL like that. There is not. That has as much hype for not much deserving hype. They're a good they're a good franchise and a good team, but that's what they are. Philadelphia is better than them right now. They are. And if you want to talk about question marks going forward, Dak Prescott's not getting any younger. If you look at the Cowboys statistically, offensively, statistically, numbers, they're pretty good, right? They just let their dude go. The Chargers snapped him up in three and a half seconds. And Mike McCarthy, who's been questioned as a head coach, now has play calling duties added on to his plate. Does that sound like a successful formula to you? Maybe it will be. Because look, I'll give McCarthy this. He'll have nobody else to blame. He ain't going to fire another guy. It's him. If the offense isn't any good, it's on him. So, I, I mean, give him that for saying, okay, it's on me. But, I, I again, I've never been, with all respect, Sean, I've never been a Cowboys fan. I could never, you know, America's team. I, didn't, I never liked it. But it really doesn't apply here because they've been, they've been okay, but certainly not great. Uh, let me get to a couple of emails here before we talk to Trent Whittemore. Uh, about his transfer to UCF. Jim says about grading Napier. I don't have a grade for Napier at this point because I think it takes more than one season to determine how well he's doing. My observation is I don't see what we that we have players that will allow us to dominate teams on either side of the ball. I don't see us being substantially better next year. I heard Blake's comment, you build your team via high school recruiting, not the portal. That may be true if you can retain the recruits, but that seems to get harder all the time with NIL and the portal. I totally agree. Um. J.D., I've got to ask you to call back because you usually have a lengthy call and I've got to get to an interview. Um, I've got an interview now, uh, but I'll get you after the interview. Just keep listening. When I'm done with Trent, give me a call. 127, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Have fungus gnats invaded your potted plants? Control these pests with BTI, the active ingredient in Summit Responsible Solutions, Mosquito Bits. This naturally occurring bacterium kills mosquito larvae, and it also kills fungus gnat larvae in potting soil. Just follow the easy instructions on the label. Mosquito Bits are harmless to people, plants, and wildlife. Summit Mosquito Bits are available at garden centers, hardware stores, and at SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs, so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night, they have different specials. But you don't need to wait for nighttime to head to The Social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com and follow them on social media to see the latest specials. Come get Social at The Social at Midtown. I've always gotten tons of UTIs. Cranberry products never worked for me, and I was desperate for a way to be proactive. I'm Jenna Ryan, CEO and founder of Eucora. 
We've worked with doctors to develop effective urinary tract health products. Just mix a packet of Eucora with water and drink it when you need support, like right after intimacy. Eucora is helping over 100,000 women stay healthy. Ready to join them? Get 30% off at eucora.com radio. That's U-Q-O-R-A dot slash radio. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. A pretty warm afternoon is ahead as temperatures are forecast to climb into the low and even mid-80s. We'll hold on to plenty of sunshine tonight. Temperatures fall into the 60s, low to mid-60s in most spots, with patchy fog possible especially after midnight, so that early Wednesday morning commute could be a little dicey depending on how early you're heading out the door. Otherwise, we'll hold on to warm, dry conditions for Thursday. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Justin Ballard. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Here's my dream scenario for Johnny Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. There's a guy in South Florida who's 45, 46 years old. Tom Brady's his name. I'm going to have a conversation with him come free agency, and I'm going to say, hey, all I need you to do is teach Brock Purdy and Trey Lance how to play football. All I need you for is a year. And guess what? This could be your dream scenario. He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Coming in February, Florida Gator Baseball, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator head football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Thank you, Coach. Don't forget, tomorrow he will speak on National Signing Day at about 4.15 during the tailgate show. Well, my next guest uh, is one of our former students here in the College of Journalism and Communications, Trent Whittemore, former Gator wide receiver now uh, down at UCF. And I'm going to talk to Trent about his decision to transfer and all of that. So good to talk to you, big guy. How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm glad you're doing this. Trent, I think sometimes, I even forget this, and fans I think do too, that you know, when, a, when a player, when an athlete makes a decision to transfer, it's not taken lightly. There's a lot of thought, you know, talking to parents, you know, discussing things. When did that first enter your mind as, as a possibility? Uh, you know, I'm not sure a specific date, really, just uh, I guess kind of throughout the season. Um, you're right. It definitely takes a lot of thought, some prayer, um, lots of prayer, really, talking to family, talking to close friends, and uh, eventually just uh, settled on the, the decision that that was, you know, what was best for me at the time. And I know that when, when players do it, there's, there's a lot of options. What made you choose UCF? Uh, at the end of it, you know, I, I have a great uh, relationship with Coach Malzahn, and I've known him since high school. Um, a great re- relationship with Coach Henshaw, who was just hired as OC here, Coach Hurd, the receiver coach. Um, I just felt like it was going to be a really good fit, and I've really enjoyed my time uh, here in Orlando so far. So um, th- those were, you know, pretty much the factors, and I, uh, you know, thought on it, prayed on it, spoke with family about it, and uh, we just felt like that was best. You know, I think sometimes, too, <clears throat> we tend to forget that, you guys have to go to class. Uh, you guys have other things you have to do. And there's a lot of fans, Trent, that don't like NIL. They, they see all the money involved. I think, I think the older fan, too. But from a player's perspective, 
What do you think about the NIL and its opportunities? Uh, you know, I think NIL is really a great thing. I think it's, you know, obviously how it's regulated right now, you know, it's kind of the Wild West, but um, in the in the vision of the player, um, you know, it's tremendous. I think that obviously a scholarship and a free education is, is worth a lot, Steve, and, um, you know, I'm ne- I never want to take away from that. But at the same time, we all know that players who contribute on the field and contribute to a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry that takes place, you know, really throughout the year, you know, they deserve some compensation and we're able to get that through NIL. So I think it's great for the player um, being able to put some money in their pocket. Um, Like I said, you know, we are what drives a a multi-billion dollar industry and, uh, you know, not everybody's going to have pro success where they make a whole bunch of money. You know, that's, you know, some people do, some people don't. And um, it's, it's really cool to see people benefit off um, you know, their name, image, and likeness, and in my opinion, you know, get what they deserve compensation-wise and be able to move forward in life with a little money in their pocket. Trent Wintermore is our guest here as he uh, has transferred to UCF to continue his college football career. In looking at, you know, where to go, you mentioned the relationships, and I think that's a word that's used a lot is relationships between player and coach. Does system Trent, and what uh, what a, a school or a team runs, is that part of the thought process too? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially for, you know, a guy in my shoes who's maybe a bit older, a grad transfer, um, you're going to look to see what the team does. Does it fit what, you know, you feel like you do well? And um, in this situation, I, you know, Coach Henshaw is, is going to really have a huge hand in the offense this year, and I, I feel like uh, uh, I'll be able to, to fit into – into what he calls and, and the style that he puts out on the field. So uh, I'm excited for that. I actually had a guy email here, Trent, and he wants to know, he said, uh, what is your game compared to your brothers? Are, are, are they alike? That's what he wants to know. Um, I'd say, you know, Creed is, is a, a really a fast uh, kid, no doubt about it. I think uh, he's a little quicker than I am, maybe a, 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 a true slot, so to say, but – um, I'm a bit a more uh, bigger body guy, but I think we both have really natural hands and um, run really good routes. So I think there are similarities, um, but maybe style of play is, is a tad different. Uh, I'm going to end with a couple of X and O things, Trent, that I, I hope you can educate fans on here because I think sometimes, okay, plays called, you run out, you go to your position, you know, you do what you need to do. How much reading of a defense do receivers have to do? on a given play call, and then if there's, you know, a change at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, you know, um, depending on the offense, a receiver can have, you know, multiple options, you know, uh, within his route. It can, what we say, uh, we say it converts. So, you know, a certain coverage, usually you're looking at a safety or a corner. You know, if he runs to a certain part of the field, you're going to run something different. And then not to mention, as you said, there can be checks at the line. So you can come up, come up to the line of scrimmage with two different plays, and they're either going to, you know, kill it or roll with it is what they what they usually say and um it it can you know change from okay i either have a go or an out on this play then they change it and all of a sudden you're blocking you got to identify who you're blocking or those type of things so it's really all depending on the offense you know some are really simple and it's a really go out there and play thing uh sometimes an offense has has a lot of moving pieces to it and you know both can be really successful a lot of times people watch a receiver and they make a catch but a lot goes into it. You just kind of mentioned some of it. How important, uh, I'll end with this, Trent, is the precision in running a route in terms of the timing you have with your quarterback? 
Yeah, I think uh, timing is huge, especially uh, when you're throwing those type of patterns. And then another thing is just seeing the same thing that your quarterback is seeing as far as coverage goes. Uh, a lot of times when teams are playing zone, it might not be an exact spot on the field. It's just the open spot on the field. So I think there's, you know, routes where you need to run with, with good timing. And then also you just need to see the same coverage as the quarterback because he's anticipating you to stop, you know, at a certain point or, you know, depending on a, what a defender does, keep going or turn around or any of that, any of that stuff. So I think there's, there's two pieces to that. It's good route running. And then also, you know, seeing the same thing that the guy throwing the ball is, is seeing. All right. We wish Trent a lot of luck as he continues his career at UCF. I appreciate you, man. Let's stay in touch, and thanks thanks for doing this. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Steve. You got it. Me too, Trent. Thank you. Trent Whittemore comes from a terrific family. Uh, again, one of our former students here, and I wish him a lot of luck uh, at UCF. It is, especially when you're local like that, there is a lot of angst. I mean, he, he just didn't decide to do that on a whim. Uh, there was a lot that went into the decision. And uh, I just hope he does well. All right, J.D., if you're listening, now's the time. Uh, you can get a chance to call here, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. We will end our day today uh, in just a couple of minutes here talking to C.I. Cornelius Ingram. His girls basketball team at Hawthorne is in district play. Uh, we will talk to him about that in uh, – just a few minutes to end the show today. Uh, let me get to an email here. Uh, Richard says, caught most of episode one about uh, who, yeah, that last night, if you didn't get a chance to see it, every Monday night, it's a history of SEC hoops. It was really good, really well done. They had interviews with you know guys like Bob Pettit, you know, who played like even before me, which is like impossible. So, yeah, but it was really good. And it, and it talked about things off the court as well. You know, as great as Adolph Rupp was, as Kentucky's coach, for example, they were put on probation. They cheated. So, really, really good. Uh, and he says coverage of Rupp, Pettit, Penance's Pat Summit, rise of African American players in the 50s, fixing of game scandal, lots of historic film, interviews, and images. Yeah. Uh, highly, highly recommended. Thank you for that. Uh, Lucas says, I'd give Napier a B. The Rashada mess is the only thing that's keeping him from getting an A. He's brought studs in recruiting when you combine getting Ricky last year. Our best players were guys he brought in this 23 classes. Plug some holes. Consider the 10 guys we brought in the 24 is off to a red-hot start. He gets a B. All right. Here's J.D. J.D., hello. Hey, uh, Steve, that, that was a great interview, and uh, I know all those Gator fans uh, hate uh, to lose the local guys there, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful young man. He is. Um, um, again, Steve, I, 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 gonna, I don't want to come across so bad here, but the, the, the grade's got to be uh, maybe a D plus, C minus, and I'd say that for, for – and, and let's, let's – you said it a million times – the new coach was was dealt a very 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 bad hand, uh, but but the grade has got to be when you lose Steve when you lose to all four of your rivals, uh, FSU, Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU, and then you lose to Vanderbilt, and then you last you lose your last three games, and then you're blown out, and you look totally disinterested in a bowl game. I don't see that the grade can be anything other than that. 
the recruiting is better. Is better than what it was. It's still not a top ten recruiting class, uh, but it's better than what it was. So you got to get a, a, a plus for that. But uh, I think there's many people out there, and I'm one of them, that have concerns on coordinators. Uh, I know Alabama's looking for for two uh, an offensive and a defensive coordinator. But they rest assured they're going to get a top level, high profile guy. I would take Bill O'Brien right now as an offensive coordinator, Steve. I know they, people in Alabama didn't like him, and but he's going to the New New England Patriots going back, but but. Steve, who is our offensive coordinator? Uh, so you have to ask those questions. And and then uh, looking at next year, uh, the the one previous call mentioned the NIL, lack, lack of uh, really blowing the top off in NIL. You have a good point about you can't build a team on NIL. But uh, we've got two good running backs, really excellent running backs. But other than that, you're skill players. you got one good wide receiver. Then who else? You got no tight ends. You got you got one wide receiver. You you're you're totally rebuilding your offensive line. Your defense was the I did mention that to start off. The defense was the worst in school history. So I don't know how you can go anything other than maybe a C minus D plus. So okay. anyway, thanks, right. Steve. Yes, I'm, I'm 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 anxious to hear your your comments. Yep, I'll do that at the end here. Thank you for your call. Uh, Tampa Mike about basketball says Tennessee will cruise tomorrow night, win by about 10 on the hard-fought game, but Tennessee has too much defense, defends better than K-State, and saw what their defense did to Florida. Rebounding will continue to be an issue. Just hope this doesn't get ugly. And he says, P.S. Brady to San Francisco after they trade away Trey Lance to Tennessee and Purdy is the backup after his UCL surgery. That is a scenario that has merit. I think. Uh, now, will it happen? But you heard Keyshawn Johnson that little bit for the promo of the morning show. He makes a great point. There's pieces. I mean, San Francisco's defense is good, right? There's pieces there. So if he wants, to, if his goal is to not just play another year but win the Super Bowl, that's a place you might think about going. 143, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Cornelius Ingram scheduled to join us to finish out the program. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Hunter Murphy. The Florida Gator men's basketball team hosts the number four ranked Tennessee Volunteers in an SEC conference matchup tomorrow. The Gators look to bounce back from a loss to the now 7th ranked Kansas State. Tip-off is set for 7 p.m. Meanwhile, tonight in high school boys hoops, Gainesville travels to take on Newberry. This is a non-conference matchup. Both teams look to improve upon their winning records. Tip-off is at 7.30. Last night in the NBA, the Orlando Magic went on the road to face off against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Magic rallied back from being down 21 points in the first quarter and ended the night victorious with the final score being 119-109. to Both teams will meet again in Philly on Wednesday at 7 p.m. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Hunter Murphy. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
When was the last time you had a burger? No, I mean a real burger, not something you got from a drive-thru. If it's been a while, you need to head to Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. The burgers at Copper Monkey West have been voted best in the area for years. They're legendary. That's not all. USDA choice steaks, ribeye, filet, New York strip, and Philly cheesesteaks, chicken sandwiches, salmon, and more. Their sandwiches are now made with boar's head meat. Copper Monkey West has a full bar featuring many local brews, all served to you by some of the nicest, friendliest folks around. Takeout available, Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. Mmm, it really does taste that good. If you're looking for the best alternative you have to purchasing a new vehicle, look no further than Southeast Car Agency in Gainesville, 310 Northeast 39th Avenue. Steve Russell here. I've been a customer of Southeast Car Agency for a long time. All the vehicles I've purchased have been great. They'll do the same for you. Go online, secars.com. You can check out the vehicles they have in stock. You can go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue. The Cousins families run this business for 40-plus successful years. That's Southeast Car Agency. Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Before New Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now... I do dishes differently. A no pre-wash, no rewash, money-back guaranteed kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep, so clean. With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund has belonged to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Welcome back to Sports Scene. We're going to finish up our day today talking with Cornelius Ingram. Uh, After coaching successfully with football, he's coaching girls basketball, 
They're in the midst of district play now. CI, good to have you, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, okay, for those who maybe don't know about your season, CI, what's mm-hmm. happened and, and where you're going to play here, give us that first. Uh, so we'll play our district tournament um, in Hawthorne uh, on on tomorrow night. We'll play uh, Fort White. And um, I think the winner out of that game will travel to Newberry because I think Newberry ended up with the number one seed on Friday night, which would be the championship game. But um, for us, just a quick rundown of, of our of our um, season. Um, of course, it started late. We uh, we're we're nine and five. Uh, you know, we probably played the least amount of games than, of course, all of the girls won these teams. Um, but you know, I, I think we we truly improved over the, over the year. I know for a fact we finished three and zero against three top teams: uh, Forest, um, Trinity Catholic, and and, and Beholds being a really good team. Where we finished the season three and zero against them, but um, we we played a tough schedule. We played GHS, uh, Providence, uh, The Rock. Uh, Don Nellen. So some of those teams who are not in one A that that prepares us to to go into um, district and of course the playoffs. So so my girls will be ready. I, I love where, where where we are as a team right now, and uh, we're we're still going to continue to improve um, throughout district and going into the playoffs as well. Do you think you're playing your best basketball now? Right now, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I asked the girls. You know, a lot. They have to kind of sit and wait to until I'm finished um, coaching football, and then my my assistant coach is also my offensive line coach. So there's not a whole lot of time that these girls get to spend with us when basketball officially starts. You know, so so I take my hat off to them. You know, kind of coming in the gym, doing some things on their own, and then we have a we have a younger coach who strictly coach basketball with the boys. He's kind of doing a two-way deal with us, helping us out with the girls as far as conditioning and letting them get in the gym and put up shots um, until we're done with football. So uh, missing some games, yeah, but but where, where we are as a team right now, I can definitely take it because I think we're playing, we're playing our best ball. You know, I think it speaks a lot to the kids having to wait, you know, when you're hopefully a very successful football yeah. season ends and you know sometimes you do stuff on your own ah you know we'll, we'll skip today or we won't really put in the work today i think that speaks a lot to the work ethic of your kids doesn't it yeah um the foundation has been laid you know we we've had some great players um playing our program over the last couple of years we've been able to win the state championship um in 2020 and then we we made it back the following year um um, losing in the championship game, by, I think maybe two or three points. So, so the foundation has been laid uh, with our with our, with our older girls. So the younger girls, they come in, you know, they take heed to whatever, um, whatever's coming from the leadership position. And then, of course, when it's their role to be be the leader, I think we've had um, um, some great leadership. So they understand it. Then I take my hat off because. You know, like we all know, with, with so much going on on social media, um, you know, want to hang out with friends. A lot of these girls um, take some of their personal time um, 
out of their schedule to get in the gym, get some extra running in, put up some extra shots, even when I'm not around. So it speaks volumes to what kind of players I get to coach. Uh, I had an emailer here, CI. Charlie said, I'd like to ask Cornelius if he has an interest in moving up to college football coaching at some point. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I, I definitely want my older two boys to, you know, finish with school. I think eventually that, that will happen. Um, I've had some opportunities to, to not only, you know, start my college coaching career, but, you know, probably coach at bigger high schools. Um, but I really believe my time um, is very valuable here at Hawthorne, and I really feel like I need to be at Hawthorne at, at this moment. But in the future, I can see that definitely happening. Final question. Um, in the district, if Newbury has the number one seed, how competitive was your district this year, and, and who might be the team you have to look out for as far as your district is concerned? Um, of course, Newbury, they were the number one seed, but the funny thing is <laughs> these teams that are in our district, we did not play them one time this year. Really? Now, I think they, Yeah, they played each other. And you can kind of opt out to not playing um, each other. But uh, for whatever reason, we wasn't able to get around to it as far as playing the, the teams that are in our district. So this will be our first time once the district uh, tournament starts on tomorrow. So we, we've had, we have some film on all of the teams that, that are in the district. Uh, we'll be prepared to play. Um, of course, I have a confident bunch. Um, who's played a lot of basketball. So um, we're looking to continue um, this three-game winning streak throughout the playoffs. We feel we feel really good about our chances of making the state championship run. Um, of course, you know, it won't be easy, but, but you know, having girls with that experience uh, makes my job a lot easier as a coach. So uh, we're excited and we're looking forward to uh, starting our district tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, your place at 7? Yep, yep. Okay. Wish you luck, man. Well, let's stay in touch, and uh, good luck to you. All right. Thanks, Adam. You got it, C.I. Thank you. Cornelius Ingram has done a terrific job both with Hawthorne football and with the uh, his girls' basketball team there. Uh, all right. A lot of you have asked me what I how I would grade uh, Billy Napier's first year. Uh, I'm a pretty lenient grader. And the reason that I am is because I knew at the beginning of the year what he got into, what was here, what was left, okay? I get it that sometimes with the eye test, you look and say, how can you lose to Vanderbilt? You know, how can you play so poorly in a bowl game, et cetera? And that's part of it, okay? But once again... I, I'm, a, I'm a realist. I go back to the beginning of the year. Who thought he was going to win more than seven games? Not many, right? People forget that. So when he wins one less game than that, all of a sudden, it's a bad year. Well, again, it was expected. The worst thing that could have happened was beating Utah. Because then the expectation level got jacked to where it really probably shouldn't have been. So a low B, B minus, 
would be mine. Because again, wh what happened that was, except for losing to, Van I get it, to losing to Vanderbilt, but in terms of ceiling or bottom wins and losses, there wasn't that much difference. Next year, you want to improve a little bit. The schedule isn't easy, and 2024 schedule is not easy either. But, you know, very few teams in our league have easy schedules. And it's going to be interesting now, is Florida State sort of a one-year wonder here? Because remember, I don't think the most ardent Seminole fan thought 10 wins. And they've done a great job in the portal. They are preseason ranked in the top 10 in a lot of polls. There's a lot of pressure on them. Mike Norvell was, I don't want to say close to being fired, but the fan base getting a little, little antsy until last year, right? It's amazing what happens when you have a quarterback. Amazing. Their quarterback's good. And their system is good. And so now we see, is Merch the answer? Wisconsin offensively does not remind you of a great offensive team. But he threw a lot of picks. So was it the system? Was it him? Was it both? Was there not talent at receiver? We're, we're going to get a better idea now. If you assume that he, Graham Mertz, will be the starter. And he's going into a tougher league. So a lot of questions to be answered. Our thanks today to Trent Whittemore talking about his transfer. Blake Alderman, 24-7 Sports, talking recruiting. And uh, two of the girls' high school basketball coaches in the area, Willie Powers at P.K. Young, and, of course, Cornelius Ingram over at uh, Hawthorne. Um, and Bruce says he enjoyed the interview. He's a man that grew up there, attended there, now giving back to the school. Obviously doesn't do it for the money or for the fame. No, he, Bruce, he really does understand the dynamic of where he comes from. There's no question. Thanks to Sean for producing today. We thank you for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow for a home day edition of the show. I'm Steve Russell, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Enjoy the rest of this Tuesday. Gainesville, U251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. In the South, it's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. 
Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Only one factor is keeping a particular conference from joining college football's elite. I kind of hope they don't figure it out. Chuck Oliver Show on a Tuesday. How are y'all? I'm doing really well. I got David on the ones and twos back there doing his thing. Dan, Rolodex to the stars. So we're here to talk college football for two hours. That's what we do. I said only one factor is keeping a particular conference from joining college football's elite. That could mean a whole lot of stuff. Do you know who has been as upwardly mobile as anyone, I'll say, over the last three or four years? Did we see the Sunbelt Conference jump the line? They really did. They're like, yo, Conference USA. Do you know about, wasn't it Roger Bannister? Like, the guy looked over his inside shoulder, and he was passing on the outside shoulder. That was Conference USA. They looked over their left shoulder. Sunbelt went, So, I could mean, if you go from G5 to Power 6, well, that's not nothing. And I promise you the Sun Belt's got ideas. So, I'm not talking about, like, Memphis. Memphis is a school. Ten years ago, whoever the AD there was mentioned something about, we belong in the SEC, and they were, ha, ha, ha. Now you think about it, and you're like, there are worse choices. (laughs) There are worse choices. But I'm talking about an entire conference, and I mean from jumping into the not just Power 5, folks. I'm saying the elite of Power 5. If Ivy League schools decide to consider D1 again, it would be a dangerous proposition. Now, the one factor that is keeping the Ivy League from, seriously, folks, surpassing all leagues other than the Big Ten or SEC in football, the only factor, the one factor that is preventing the Ivy League from passing everybody else in Power Five as far as relevance and on-field success in college football The one factor is they simply don't care to. If the powers that be within the Ivy League cared about becoming, quote, big picture successful in college football, their money could deliver that and almost immediately. I said within five seasons. They do not care to. Do you all 